Mindfulness Mode, Episode 38. I think that there's so much power in just being gentle, being gentle with others, being gentle with ourselves. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining me again today. It's December 24th, Christmas Eve, and I just want you to know I'm so grateful to you for supporting Mindfulness Mode Podcast. Something exciting is coming up. I'm sharing ways to bring more calm into your life. I'm hosting an upcoming webinar where you'll learn three important strategies to calm your busy mind so you can do more of what you love, golfing, vacations, time with friends, All happening on December 30th, 2 o'clock Eastern, 11 o'clock Pacific. Feeling overload? Need some calm? Join us at mindfulnessmode.com slash webinar. See you there. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Kamala Chambers on the line today. Hey, Kamala, are you in mindfulness mode? I am. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, Kamala. Kamala is a relationship coach and mentor to online entrepreneurs, and she's also a best-selling author. She's host of the Lasting Love podcast and also a business show called Thriving Launch Podcast. Kamala is an entrepreneur, has hitchhiked in 12 countries, and is constantly learning from her many clients. Kamala believes being aware of your breath and your body is part of the secret of mindfulness. She suggests you frequently ask the question, how can I relax more deeply right now? The result, she says, will be magical. <laughs> Kamala, would you share with Mindful Tribe, when was your first exposure to meditation and mindfulness? Tell us about that. Yeah, thanks so much for having me here. So my first exposure actually was when I was a kid. My mom and dad meditated and I spent um, – my mom – kind of coached me through yoga and shamanic journeys and different things like that. So I had exposure at a young age. Very interesting. So, yes, tell us about your life at a, at a young age, what it was like growing up for you, because I've, I've heard you talk a little bit about this in the past, but I wondered if you'd share with Mindful Tribe what your life was like. Yeah. Well, what happened for me is that I was able to learn a lot from being a, being exposed to things like mindful living and meditation when I was a young child. And what I did is I got very curious about the world. And my parents were also very hands off, and they weren't they weren't around that much. And so that gave me a lot of freedom to just hang on to that curiosity that children so often have, but sometimes it gets kind of trained out of them. And what I did is I I started traveling at a very young age. I started hitchhiking around the United States, across Canada, around Europe before I was even 17, I think 18 maybe. And what I found somewhere along that travel journey was this experience that kind of woke up my body and 
and ex- and expose me to a whole new world of living fully in the moment and living fully engaging with life and what I decided to do at that very young age is to devote my life to healing and to living consciously. And I ended up going to school for what was called energy medicine at the time, which is basically living mindfully and and being able to witness and hold space for people to open up into their own mindful ways of living. And so have you always had a desire to help others with this, Kamala? I think when I was a teenager and I was traveling, I was a little more absorbed in the experience that I was having and absorbed in that. And when I was 19 and I had this experience where I was sitting around this fire and I I was very closed off to touch at the time. I didn't want anyone to really get close to me because I had experienced a lot of physical harm to my body and as a child. And so I didn't want other people to touch me because I didn't know how good it could be. And I had, I had just had, I've been sleeping on the ground every night because I was traveling and I decided that I needed some kind of touch. And I just, my body was just screaming for something and I didn't know what it was and I was sitting around this fire with a bunch of strangers I didn't know anyone because I was just hitchhiking around and I saw this guy kind of sitting back from the fire away from everyone else and he was he was quiet and kind of seemed a little nerdy and I went up to him and I just felt like this is a person that's going to be able to help me and I asked if he wanted to do this massage trade which I'd never done before. And when he laid his, he laid one finger on my back and this experience just lit up in my body. And I felt like there was this bolt of energy surging through me. And I knew he knew exactly what was happening inside of me. And I never had that experience before. And from that day on, I, something woke up. I started touching other people. I started, uh, trying, you know, doing this intuitive like massage and, and it just, it just rolled out from there of how I wanted to live my life helping others. And you certainly do that. I want to go back to something you said, you experienced a lot of physical harm to your body and, now, we have listeners here in Mindful Tribe that I'm sure have experienced these kinds of things too. And I wondered if you'd share with us how you can use mindfulness and maybe meditation as well to deal with those kinds of experiences. I think that mindfulness is probably one of the most effective ways to deal with those kind of traumas that live in our bodies and are stored there. Because what happens is we get into say we get into a fight with our partner, then all of these feelings and tensions and emotions can come up that actually have very little to do with the experience that we're, that's of the engagement that we have with our partner in the moment. But all of that might be based on 
not being being told we're not good enough as a child or being hit and so our bodies start to respond as though it's in that level of danger with our partner so one of the most profound things that i i believe that we can do is instead of just riding those waves of emotion or reacting to our partner to just notice what's happening inside to notice wow it's all physiological. There's a tension in my belly right now. There's a tightening in my throat. My my breath is quickening. And instead of riding off on tangents of blame or criticism towards our partner or fight or flight or running away, if we could just stay with the experience, notice what's happening inside of us, and and really make it kind of like this experience of, okay, my belly's, my belly's twisted right now. My throat is tight. And just breathing into noticing that, it's one of the best ways to kind of break out of what our initial response might be, which would be to react, to blame, to run away. Right. Okay, that, that really sounds like that could be helpful for somebody going through this kind of thing. I'm wondering, Kamala, what your meditation practice looks like today in your life. Can you share that with us? Yeah, so I, I've i been trained in Vipassana, which was really powerful. It was a 10-day meditation sit where you're sitting for 10 days in stillness and silence, paying attention to your body and noticing what the sensations are and not having attachment or aversion to any sensation and just noticing how if we pay attention long enough, it shifts. Now, that is a sitting, seated meditation I think is very powerful. I, on the other hand, don't do that great with sitting, like to sit down for two hours a day like they recommend and meditate. It's just, it's not what works for me. And so what I like to do is just incorporate it throughout the day of noticing what's happening inside my body, what's happening in in the environment, and just having a mindfulness way of being. And one of the best practices for me is to just get out into nature, to take in the experience of the colors, to smell the earth, to feel the wind, to listen to the birds. All of those experiences help me to reset in a way and and remember what it's like to be fully plugged into the moment. Right. And I know that you're a big advocate of deep breathing. It was part of my intro for you. And so when you say to yourself, I want to relax right now. Am I relaxed right now? The first thing you do is focus on your breathing. Am I right? Yes, I do focus on my breathing first. Um, And then for me, I am a really big believer in accepting where we are in the moment. So if I am tense and I want to be relaxed, I, I can't shove myself into relaxation. I need to first hold the tension to take some deep breaths and make space for that tension to be there because it's there for a reason and and it's it has a message you know it's saying 
They might be saying like, I need, I need a walk or I need a better meal or something like that. There's that tension has something. So I hold space for whatever is there and, and then just invite my breath in to deepen and invite the body to, to relax more and just notice how each part that when it just has some breath and awareness on it, it naturally wants to let go. And sometimes all it needs is the breath and awareness to allow it to let go. And some people call this the law of allowing, right? The Mm. law of allowing. I love that. Yeah, I do too. I do too, because the more you fight it, at least it seems like for me, if I have a feeling or an emotion or something happening, the more I fight it, the less I'm going to change it. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, just need to accept it. And it's it's true for anything that we're, we're experiencing. And this is a hard one to do. I'm not saying it's easy by any means, because that means that we have to accept whatever we are in whatever moment we are that way. So no matter how ugly, no matter how angry, greedy, shameful, whatever it is that we are each moment, we get to make space for it, to breathe into it, to witness the way we are with curiosity rather than judgment. And and then make the space for the shift to happen. You know, it's, I think that the shame of being certain ways is, is so much more harmful than being those ways themselves. Like if you're ashamed of being greedy, then, then it almost like if we shut that, that greed down, then it's going to find another way out. And it's usually a distorted way. And I want to talk to you about, you said shame. So is shame and guilt exactly the same? Or can you address that? Yeah. So shame is more of a an experience that can live in our bodies where we collapse in on ourselves, where we shut down what we want to feel, what we want to experience, or what we're thinking and, you know, I think shame is more tied into our sense of self, whereas guilt can be tied, it can just permeate everything and, and be more tied into how we connect with other people or how we connect with the world. And I know that, I know that sometimes I see people using guilt as, kind of this monitor of how they interact with the world. You know, it's like, well, can I open to people this much? Or, you know, they kind of use it as a dial for how much they are allowed, allowing themselves to let in. It's obvious why you're such an amazing intimacy coach, Kamala. Because, yeah, because all of these things, I'm sure have everything to do with intimacy but the question is we 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 learn these things about ourselves how do we then move on so that the intimacy is there so that we we can just fully be relaxed and fully feel close enough to be intimate 
Yeah, it takes a it takes gentleness. I really am a big believer in gentleness, and I I have to tell you, it hasn't always been that way. You know, I have seen parts of myself that I've hated and I wanted to rip out of me, and I wanted to throw to the other side of the world, like get away. I don't want that part of me to exist, but. I think that there's so much power in just being gentle, being gentle with others, being gentle with ourselves, and being able to hold wherever we're at in whatever moment we're there, you know, just to to tap into that almost like we're a little baby, you know, if something comes up to just have that sense of gentleness and then we can get curious about why that's there why is that present for ourselves or for someone else so how can i be gentle and vulnerable and yet protect myself because i mean i know that there's a chance that i could be used that someone could take advantage of me how do i reach that place yeah and I think a lot of it comes back to that mindfulness of of feeling how does this live inside my body? That's that's what I like to use as a monitor. How does this experience move through me? And if I can deepen my breath enough and calm down and relax enough into the moment and and then ask myself, okay, does this, you know, it doesn't have to be a big process, but just like a quick three deep breaths and then monitor, okay, I'm thinking about this person or this situation. How does it feel inside? If it makes me feel twisty or tense, then it's probably not the best route or this person's probably not the best person to interact with. I think our bodies have all of the wisdom and part of the reason for that is is that there's so much information that's being passed back and forth between bodies between within yourself and between you and other people that we can't process with our minds but our bodies know way more than our minds ever will so i think it's really important to just listen to what's happening on that body level and to know what is the right choice for us or who is the right person to move closer to based on how that experience ripples through you. And it can change moment by moment. Kamala, I know that honesty is a big part of your relationship coaching. And I wonder if you'd talk about how honesty and mindfulness coexist. Tell me about honesty. Yeah, I, my shift, my ideas and thoughts on honesty has changed because I, I've definitely been that (laughs) brutal honesty is the best way and you just should just tell everything to everyone exactly how you're feeling. And I think that there's a real place for that in a real time for that, but I think that honesty is the most important thing is how honest am I being with myself? And I know I'm being honest with myself if I'm listening to what my body's telling me. And also 
I think being able to vulnerably share is way more powerful than just being honest about what you think of someone else saying, I think you're a real jerk. You know, like that's, that's honesty, (laughs) but that's not vulnerability. So another way to say that is I'm feeling really tense right now when you're talking to me and that's being honest with yourself and it's being vulnerable. And there's something that can happen when you lead with that kind of vulnerability. It's like people, how can you fight against that? How can you fight against someone just sharing what their experience is? I'm not saying I'm feeling really tense because you're a jerk or I'm feeling really tense because you're doing this. It's just it's just sharing what's alive in your body. And I've seen this again and again where couples use this or I use this with people and people, they melt out of that defensiveness and they can actually hear that experience. Hmm. That is really interesting. Kamala, we've talked a lot about mindfulness and your relationship coaching and your expertise at intimacy and relationships, but you're also a coach to entrepreneurs and business people. Tell us how mindfulness plays a role there. Yeah, I think um, it's a big part of also just being able to hear people. People have these gifts inside of them that need an outlet. And one thing that I am wildly passionate about helping entrepreneurs with is launching a class or a training online, something that is is their very essence, their very message, and getting that out there to the world, to a global community. And so I, I work a lot with people who they really need to tap into what their message is and what they, what they want to teach and what their gifts are. And I know that mindfulness plays a huge role in being able to decide what you want to put out there to the world. We have to be conscious of what's going on within to know what we want to put out there. And I'm a huge believer in listening to what the passion is. If we're following our passion down every curve, then we're always going to be following our passion. And I know that when we're present with ourselves and we're following that passion, <laughs> that amazing things happen. I've I've proven it again and again for myself and my clients, so I can say that with certainty. <laughs> Kavala, you uh, talked earlier about uh, being frustrated and angry about certain attributes you held and wanting to throw them away, throw them across the world. Well, tell us, have you ever had frustration like that with mindfulness? Has that ever made you feel like, oh, angry or frustrated or it wasn't working for you? Mm, That's a great question. And one thing that I find has been really damaging, I can say this, is damaging is when there, there is like a spiritual abuse that happens when people kind of shove onto you what they think 
you the ways that you think they think you should be responding or the ways that they think you should be mindful and that um for a long time i felt very frustrated with my inability to respond in the way that people thought i should respond that that was the most mindful way to respond and and because I was listening to what other people were saying was the best way to respond, I wasn't being really authentic to what was the best way for me to respond. So I think that that is a really important part is that we find what is right for us moment by moment rather than trying to follow the formula of, okay, I know that if I take three deep breaths, I'm going to have this experience or if I'm radically honest with someone like th- that's what I need to do to be the most mindful. And I'm, I would just like to encourage everyone to know that mindfulness looks different for everyone and it can look different moment by moment. Kamala, I know that you really believe in authenticity and honesty, and that really is important in relationships. It's important in our business life. How can we use authenticity and mindfulness to help ourselves be better parents? Mm, Well, I'm not a parent, so I just have a lot of compassion (laughs) for parents and what they – what you know, to be able to deal with so much stimulation all the time and still hold that mindfulness is what a journey because it's already a lot in this world to live in a world where there's just sensory overwhelm and how do we stay present to what's what life is throwing at us. So I think that a big important piece is to know that when you are just paying attention and listening to what's happening and paying attention to the world around you, there's that authentic peace right there. And to be able to share that experience with someone else can be so powerful and so beautiful. It really can when you, you invite someone into your world in an authentic or a, in a genuine way. It's it's such a powerful experience, and an example of this could be just like I used earlier of letting you know, letting a person know that you're feeling tense around them, or you know you're feeling tension in your body, and or letting someone know, wow, like look at this, look at this experience that's happening right in front of us. That level of authenticity of being able to share your celebrations of life is so powerful too. And it's not just about sharing the hard stuff or sharing the the struggles, but being able to celebrate and share the miracles of life that are happening around us moment by moment. Right. Yes. Well, you know, it's really awesome to be able to share and to be able to share honestly and authentically. It's not easy for all of us to do that, but we can just strive toward it. I want to talk about discipline, Kamala. Our Mindful Tribe listeners sometimes say they have trouble staying disciplined with the daily practice of mindfulness. How do you apply discipline to your life so mindfulness is a daily experience? 
I don't really. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not a big uh, fan of discipline, and maybe maybe people would argue against that because you know the like oh but you you know like you you eat really good or you know just different ways that people would argue against that but i i really find that when you're just present with what's happening with you and you just practice that like oh what's oh, what's going on in my stomach right now what's going on in my chest right now and just noticing those experiences and just having it as a practice, I really don't feel that discipline is important at that point because it's just a daily practice, a practice that you you do as often as you can remember. And I'm not putting down discipline because some people thrive on it. Me, I like to just I like to create my day how I want it to be created moment by moment because it's for me that's what works. And that's why I'm an entrepreneur and that's why I travel so much is because I love being able to experience newness and be able to really follow what my body, what my passion, what, what my heart's desire is asking for. Yeah, I, I'm really glad I asked you that question because when it comes to discipline, personally, I think discipline and mindfulness. They just don't really go together. And yet so many people who are beginning mindfulness practices think of the discipline aspect of it. So I like to ask my guests about discipline. Kamala, having worked in bullying prevention, I've I've worked in bullying prevention for a number of years and I've seen firsthand that mindfulness can make a huge difference in the lives of children or adults who have been bullied. Do you have a story about a bullying situation you'd like to share with us? Yeah, uh, this isn't something I've shared publicly, but I, I think you think about, people think about bullying and they think about childhood. And yeah, I've had my, I mean, I had three older brothers and like lots of male cousins and a lot of, a lot of like bullying, you know, which was, was throughout my childhood. But I think that Bullying can continue in many, many forms throughout life. And I like to talk about bullying in adulthood because that's something that that is really predominant that people that there's just not enough awareness or conversation around. And I it's really vulnerable to talk about, but I was living in a community not that long ago and there was these there were very set practices that people thought or different ways of being that people thought were the best you know that you need to be you know radically honest with someone if you if you didn't like them you'd tell them to their face and you tell them why you didn't like them you know and that yeah. kind of thing and for me i thought i felt like i walked away from that experience like it took me a long time to recover from that experience. And I realized that that was bullying, you know, the way that people were being with each other and the way that we, we kind of imposed our, our beliefs or our, you know, like, okay, you like, you need to, you know, like, I don't like the way that you do that right now. It's like that 
is not a supportive environment. And I love when you're around people that can celebrate your wins as well as be there through your darkness. So I think that what I would, the big takeaway for me is I love to be around and surround myself with the people that can celebrate the wins. And when I see people just asking for the darkness and I see people um, putting down your wins, I think that's bullying that happens in adulthood. Right. Well, it's all part of not judging each other too, isn't it? Part of making, and that's mindfulness, making sure that we're not not constantly judging others or judging a situation or judging ourselves. Kamala, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? Um, I would have to say my first mentor in energy medicine school really helped to kick me off on that that path. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? Definitely a more steady and even when I'm actually paying attention to the moment rather than just riding off on whatever emotion comes. (laughs) Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. It's all tied in with the breath. If we're holding our bodies tight and we're not breathing, how can we pay attention to what's happening in the moment? (laughs) (laughs) If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would it be, Kamala? It's not necessarily on mindfulness, but I love the four agreements. It's like the very first place to start, I think, if you're on a mindfulness path. Can you share an app which helps you be more mindful? Can I? Sh- the only one I use is Lasting Love Connection app, which I'm the creator of. So I don't know if that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to share it. What advice would you give a person who is new to mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? It doesn't have to be complicated. If you just practice taking a few deep breaths at a time and just noticing what's happening in your body. And noticing your sensations, the touch, the taste, the colors of the room. And practicing that, the more we do it, the easier it gets. Kamala, it has been such a pleasure to spend this time with you today and learn more about your incredible knowledge of relationships and coaching and helping others using mindfulness. And I just wondered, how can Mindful Tribe contact you and learn more about what you do? Yeah, you can check out uh, check out Luis and I, which was also a guest at your on your podcast at lastingloveconnection.com. And we have a podcast there as well, and you can contact me there or thrivinglaunch.com if you are a coach or entrepreneur. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Kamala. It's been great chatting and all the very best to you. Thank you so much, Bruce. Okay, bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. 
Like I said, it's December 24th, Christmas Eve, and I love this season of giving. And I just want to give back to you, Mindful Tribe, for being here. I'm giving away free 20-minute mindfulness coaching calls to the first five people who email me with free coaching in the subject line. I'm not selling anything. I just want to give back. Email me, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. Talk to you soon. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.